0: Hairs on my body started standing on end.
1: Silence. Nothing there.
0: I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be of vital importance of
2: helping us convince the masses. Type 471. Type 471. Bridge to the other world. Bridge
0: to the other world. Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. So my guest today is Breanne Vega. Now, she currently lives out of state, but she did at the time of her experiences live right here in Siskiyou County, and her experiences happened in an area that is that just so happens to happens to be of particular interest to me for some very specific reasons. So I'm very excited to hear from Breanne today. Breanne, welcome to Type Four Seven One. How you doing today?
3: I'm good, man. How's it going?
0: I'm doing well, thank you. Now your experiences—they're—they're—I <laughs> I, I can't wait for everybody to hear about it, quite frankly, because they're—they're amazing. Um, so let's let's jump right into it. So let's uh, let's start at the beginning. What, what happened first?
3: Um, so me and an ex of mine decided to go out mudding one night after rain. And we were in the Jeep, and we decided to go out behind the Taco Bell out by South Weed. It's got some really cool jumps, some good mudding area out by the railroad tracks out by that way. And so we were headed out that direction, past Taco Bell, rolling really fast, probably going like 40 miles an hour on the dirt roads and we were hitting jumps and all of a sudden I kind of saw a being of some sort running along the jeep with us and at first it was kind of like you know there's a lot of homeless out there so at first it was kind of like what the hell is that and I started looking and started looking and of course my X at the time he's driving so he's full on focused on the road trying not to crash and i look over and i recognize a bodily figure of something i i couldn't call it really a humanoid because it didn't really have everything that a humanoid should have um it didn't have any hair it didn't have any genitalia any kind of anatomy there um it was just a really really pale skinned figure um you could see the facial features of it you couldn't distinguish male or female by any sorts of anyway it was pale white almost like a translucent being but you could actually not see through it so it was running along the side of the jeep which was pretty crazy at that because it we're going like 35 40 miles an hour and mud is splatting everywhere. And this thing is maintaining its ability to run next to us through the wooded area next to the road. And I I looked at him and I was like, slow down, slow down. And we slowed down, but it didn't slow down. And it came in front of the Jeep and just stopped in front of the Jeep and stared at us both. And we both looked at each other and looked at it and it just took off into the woods. I ran across the railroad tracks, took off told. towards the woods. And then I had another another sighting, I guess you would call it, and I was climbing Black Butte. I had tried to climb Black Butte before, and I had gotten elevation sickness, which was kind of weird because I am a mushroom picker, so I'm used to going up to high elevations above 9,000 feet. And I've never once ever gotten any kind of elevation sickness. I mean, we're climbing thousands of feet quickly and I've never had elevation sickness, but I always got elevation sickness. So it was my my thing to conquer this mountain. And I got up there about halfway and I started feeling sick and it was about the rocky point of Black Butte and i started feeling sick and of course i knew this feeling before so it was like all right i'm not going to make it and i started turning back and i stopped at a rock and i grabbed my water bottle and i started drinking water and you when you level your head out you can you kind of have full vision of the surrounding and i see one close to a tree watching me same figure same exact identical just a little bit smaller which i mean from further away it could have been the same size you know and um yeah and it was like oh shit, here it is again all right this is happening again kind of creepy because i was by myself which is a creepy feeling you know whereas the last time i was with somebody so and it had no intentions to hang around the last time it seemed And so I started walking down the mountain at a little bit of a quicker pace, kind of keeping an eye. And it was keeping an eye through the forest with me. And I had made it down to the parking lot area. And as soon as I hit the unlock button on my vehicle at the time, it shot out through the woods. So I kind of felt like. It was different experiences, both times, with different intentions of it showing itself, but I, I do have those experiences. Um, yeah, I I've heard of them being called skinwalkers. I'm not sure really what I saw. I'll be completely honest with you. We may never know really what what people see, but that was my my
0: experience. Right. Yeah. So this is this is an incredible experience. I have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, first of all, as you were descending the the mountain, as you were descending Black Butte, uh, what 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 behaviors did you notice? Like, what was it doing as you were coming down the mountain?
3: Kind of suspicious of me, like and I'm sh- I'm sure if there is it's it's normal. Living spot. I'm sure it sees people not get elevation sickness and not have any worries. So I kind of felt like it was a a mix between suspicion and kind of looking out for me in a way to make sure that I was going to make it down the hill safely in a way. Which is, it's strange that it's happened two times, you know, it kind of makes you, after it happens once, one time is enough, but two times it kind of makes you wonder, you know, like, do I have something that's looking out for just me? But I did never have it happen after that, so I don't know, I, I guess maybe it was looking out for me to come down the hill safely, who knows?
0: Right. So after that experience, did you uh, go back to Black Butte and did you experience altitude sickness again?
3: Yeah, I always went back with other people after that. That was kind of a a scary moment for me being alone out there with it. So I always managed to go out with other people. And yeah, I, I actually went out with a group of friends one night and I ended up getting the same altitude sickness, quote unquote, if that's what you want to call it.
0: Right. Yeah, that's so strange because Black Butte is only seven thousand feet high, and you mentioned you've been up uh, at much higher elevations than that.
3: Right. Yeah. Here in Arizona, I live in Arizona now, and we go up frequently to a spot that's over nine thousand feet, and it's got a two thousand feet incline, and then thirty minutes. You know, so if I if I can gain that much incline that quickly in a vehicle, nonetheless, and not get altitude sickness. I've been in the mountains climbing mushrooms and I've been above 9,000 feet and not been sick. So I, I can't really say if it's altitude sickness because that's the only time I've really gotten it.
0: You know, someone recently told me that uh, there are jets of sulfur that, that come out of Black Butte. And I wonder if that might be a factor. I wonder if uh, some sulfuric fumes might, might have been getting to you. Did anything smell sulfury?
3: um not that i remembered but you know i'm completely i i grew up in the area i i'm not really thinking about anything abnormal when it's your home area you know what i mean so i i could have and not even realized it
0: sure yeah i
3: i didn't smell any rotten egg kind of feelings or smells or you know so i it could be a possibility for sure just like anything could be
0: Well, Black Butte is a cinder cone for Mount Shasta. Both of them are volcanic, of course, and... uh, Yeah. Yeah, so I just, you know, maybe any number of gases could be seeping out of there at any given time. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know there are so many things that happen right here in Siskiyou County around Mount Shasta, and which is the whole reason I moved to this area because of the phenomena that occur here, and so many different kinds of beings are reported. You mentioned skinwalkers, and uh, also people uh, report beings who live inside the mountain. Uh, I, you know, there there are legends of Lemurians who still to this day live inside the mountain, uh, according to some. And there are just all manner of phenomena that occur here. I've I've received reports of reptilian humanoids in the area, uh, so I I know that you could only speculate at this point. But w- what are your thoughts as to what the nature of these very pale beings may have may have been?
3: Well, it's it's crazy because I mean, there's a lot of different ecosystems. You got a lot of cave systems. You've got a lot of deep forests. You know. There's, it's a lot of different ecosystems and there's a lot of untouched land in that county that I'm sure not, not anybody has seen it, you know, and there's a, a lot of room for things to be able to evolve into something that we might not understand. I know that there's a lot of Indian reservation and a lot of Indian history that goes along in Siskiyou County. and I you know, there's theories that go along with that. Um, I honestly, I think that Sissy County is full of a lot of mysterious things. It's got a lot of magical energy, especially by the Mount Shasta and Black Butte area. I feel like it's very, very fluent. You can feel it change in the air. There's a, a vibe and energy to it that I do think that attracts normal human beings. So if it doesn't attract normal if it can attract normal human beings then it's going to attract things that might be in a different spiritual realm
0: absolutely as a matter of fact i have a theory about mount shasta and i'm far from the only person who has this theory but uh Uh, essentially my feeling is that Mount Shasta acts as a natural pyramid because of the deep volcanic activity occurring beneath the mountain and the mineral content of the mountain. I feel that the volcanic activity may cause the minerals in the mountain to vibrate and uh, it's kind of broadcasting a a heightened signal perhaps for uh, that may uh, draw or allow for uh, certain types of phenomena that occur usually in certain realms to occur in the vicinity of Mount Shasta.
3: I, I could truly believe that. I mean, I am from a family of generations that have grew up in weed. And I honestly can say that people that I've left always say you'll leave, but you'll always come back. There's something that's always going to pull you back. And I I know that we a lot of my age group we left and we we came back like you know there's not a lot to come back to economical wise you know but yet we still find ourselves back in Siskiyou County and it's just something that I guess not is only is it comfortable it's just something we know it's not it's not scary for people to live there if they're aware of what they're living with you know and the vibes and the energy and everything that there is to be around siski county
0: you know i'm a relative newcomer to this area i've only been here for a couple of years but um i love the energy of this place like it it, it's got this it's very raw yeah 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 I i like that way of putting it it is very raw yeah yeah yeah. And it's ancient. It's ancient and raw. And it's got this right. Yeah, this primal but beautiful feeling to it.
3: Right. And then lots of secrets to be withheld. You know, there's a lot of land, a lot of land that people don't know anything about. I feel like, I mean, even me, there's places that I haven't seen and I haven't experienced. And you just, the more you're out in nature, the more receptive you are to that kind of feeling that you have in that area.
0: Yeah. So back to these beings. So yes, you, you, you're, you, there was no indication of any genitalia whatsoever, right? No, none. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you said this or not, but uh, did you uh, happen to notice if there was a belly button?
3: No, I, I didn't notice any belly button either.
0: Right. And uh, so there was nothing particularly distinct about the face other than, you know, the, the lack of hair and the pale skin. You, d- you didn't notice yeah. anything? Yeah.
3: No, no structure. I mean, there were eye sockets visible, something within the eye sockets. I don't know if you would call them eyes, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a, a normal being. It wasn't structurally built like a human being. Definitely the strangest, creepiest thing that I've ever experienced. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely don't talk about it very much, that's for sure.
0: Huh. Well, you know, I'm really glad that you've talked to me about it. This is an incredible story. And... You know, I want to share a couple of things. First of all, that exact area where you had your experiences, that is, has been, has become to me a very important area because I feel that it is an important travel route uh, for the Sasquatch. Um, And I know that this experience of yours isn't directly related to the Sasquatch, but still it catches my attention because it, it speaks to something about the area itself, perhaps. Right and uh and what's more i also th- want to share with you that that i do go into that area not infrequently and uh i i hear voices in there now i know there are a lot of people back there i know the the you know like you said people go back there to ride you know dirt bikes and you know like oh yeah r- r- right all sorts of stuff like that and it, i'm perfectly aware of that and it, like i said the train tracks and are- back
3: when i was a kid there was a big homeless encampment that was back there and I mean, there was a lot of things that when you wanted to do something bad, you went back there because you were free of everybody looking at you. You know, those, those roads go forever. If you take those roads, they go forever. And it, it, you can get just about anywhere back there in those roads. You can get all the way to Mount Shasta, the other side of Mount Shasta in those back roads. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that I'm sure have happened out there. And I'm sure there's a lot of energies that are feeding off the land, you know. So I don't doubt you one bit thinking that you are... Fully hearing voices,
0: right? Yeah, and and what I'm hearing, I, I think is is distinct and separate from the human activity in the area. Like, I you know, I'll I'll, I'll know where I am. I'll know if I'm close to the train tracks, or if you know, right, yeah. or if there are people around and stuff like that. And the things that I keep hearing are very different than just normal human voices or activity. I I keep hearing like like I'll begin to hear what sounds like people talking like and you can just almost make it out and then just as quickly as it appears it'll fade away like it'll just very quickly fade away so it's it's not the the same sort of sounds that you hear associated with human activity and this is something that I hear there not infrequently and it's not the only place where I hear this but it is a place where I do hear it frequently interesting yeah yeah it's just that's just one of the things there's something about that spot there is something Agreed. about that spot yeah yeah. And, yeah. So, and so that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad to, to talk to you about this. I mean, this is, you know, this is important. This is an important little piece of the puzzle, it seems to me. Right on. Yeah. And so uh, now, you, as I mentioned, you live out of state. You're, you're in Arizona now. Uh, you've had other experiences in Arizona, haven't you?
3: Um, yeah, I I've had an experience out in the desert out here. I, I try not to get too much into this story because I still am actively living out here, you know. And so I, I try not to talk too much about it. But I was close to the Salt River area. I will say that. Um, it It's a very, uh, it's on reservation land, Indian, Indian reservation land. So I think there is something to the culture backdrop of it. Um, I have talked to some of the tribal people out here about it, and I start talking about, you know, paranormal stuff, they're all for it. The moment that I start asking about, I bring up the word even, skinwalker, I get shut down, nobody wants to talk to me anymore. It's a, a very scary subject for them. Um, So, which I can relate to. I mean, uh, you're the only person that I've really talked to about this in any kind of way. It's this very scary experience that I went through. So, yeah, I I guess they are, they've seen it more than they'd like to. So they don't want to talk about it. Maybe there's some kind of culture backdrop where if you talk about it, they'll come more frequently to you. I, I'm i not sure. But I do know that the reservations out here and everything like that also has a very, very spiritual, weird, paranormal vibe to it out here. Right? It's a very interesting energy out here in the desert. That's for sure.
0: Right, it sure is. I'm familiar with Arizona myself, and yeah, there is uh, there is an energy out there for sure. And uh, right, I, I appreciate you mentioning this to me, and I totally respect your desire to not really get into that too much. So that's that's perfectly fine. Well, Breanne, uh I thank you so much for sharing your experience with me—the the, the one that occurred here in uh, in Siskiyou County near Mount Shasta. Um, yeah, yeah. So thank you for joining me today on Type Four Seven One, Breanne. I appreciate it. Yeah, awesome, man. All right. You have a good one. You too. My next guest today is Babs. Now, Babs had quite an interesting encounter or experience of sorts in the Klamath Falls area or in Klamath County, Oregon, which is, uh, which neighbors Siskiyou County, borders on Siskiyou County. Babs, welcome to Type 471. How you doing today? Good, good. Good. So, uh, walk me through this, this experience from the beginning, if you would, please. Yeah, um.
2: Well, uh, it was uh, just a normal day, pretty much. We ended up, it's actually near Klamath Lake, so it's kind of in the middle of Siskiyou County and Klamath. So um, it's kind of practically in the middle of nowhere. So um, we had gotten to the campsite, and it was pretty much normal. Like we all set it up, had a normal day out, and um, I had taken my dog out uh, around the area. Um, It was like, 45 feet away from the campsite near the lake and um it was just normal uh up until night hit um it was around i would say uh one o'clock maybe three o'clock a little fuzzy but i was uh i was alone in my car because uh i i don't really sleep in tents and everyone else were in tents and i kind of just stayed inside the tent and and i was awake most most of the night and all of a sudden I just uh, felt like like a ginormous nudge up against the car, kind of like a kind of like a group pushing up against the car or something. And then I just kind of looked outside, like I kept shining my light outside, and because the windows were dark, I didn't really see. So I had got out of the car, and there was there wasn't really anyone to to see. I, I didn't see anybody outside. I I looked around. I. And I, I walked around the car a couple times. There was no one there. So I went back in the car. maybe like an hour or two later, I fell asleep. And then, um everyone got up the next day. and we uh, I took my dog out again. And the same place where I took him near the lake the day before, he had like we 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 had passed um, the same spot, and there was, I guess four holes that were um, they're like lined up and there was twigs logs and they're just in a peculiar space set up so weirdly like uh, someone was going to build something kind of primitive and uh, we just kind of thought it was really weird and we packed everything up and left because that was just so peculiar to us
0: yeah, that is that is somewhat bizarre. Um, first of all, this uh, this nudging of the car. If we can back up a moment, did did this happen once, or does it, or did this happen more than once?
2: This happened like I would say a few times, um, like three at the most.
0: Okay, over the course of how how long would you say?
2: Uh, huh. I would have to say between like one o'clock to four in the morning.
0: So it happened, like, maybe, you know, like, every a- couple hours or every, every hour and a half or something? Yeah. Yeah, well, that is somewhat interesting. Uh, I do have to ask, do, do you know if this is um, near, like, open range? Like, are, are there cows wandering around or anything?
2: Um, I do
0: know that,
2: um, like, somewhere, I'd say, 50, 56 miles away, there's, like, a cattle range. But I uh, yeah I wouldn't know if they traveled that far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this was, so and it was like 50 miles from where you were. And did you see any cows around that day? Uh no. Okay. All right. And I would think if a cow had done this, then like you'd still be able to see the cow. It's not like the cow's gonna do this and then like you know hide and then come back and do it. You know, like right. Yeah. So that doesn't seem a cow seems unlikely. Um, but, it, and, and then I want to know more about this, uh, about the holes and the logs. So, um, I, I want to get a better visual of it. Can you, can you, can you help me to understand it more in a visual sense? What did it look like more?
2: Okay. So, uh, think about, uh, if, you know, uh, you know, you're drawing four, uh, four holes, right. And, um, it's like, um, here's a part of a hill and there's a, like right, is it's like a like maybe like three three feet it's a three-foot hill and then right next to it is the holes you know uh uh right where the hill starts is there's two holes and then right in front of those are the other two and then right next to them is uh the the twigs and all of the logs and stuff it is kind of it is kind of hard to explain but I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, how large w- were these logs and limbs and stuff?
2: Uh, I would say about the size of uh, like a maybe like a motorcycle tire. Hmm.
0: Oh, you mean that big around? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty. That's pretty big. And how long were they? Huh? I'm not good with that. Uh, <laughs> well,
2: that's okay. Uh, just
0: just kind of a ballpark, like. Yeah. Uh, ball. Um, okay. They uh, maybe like 15 feet. Okay. So that's, those are pretty big pieces of wood. Um, yeah. Okay. Did you happen to notice if they had been cut or if they had been broken?
2: They were definitely broken.
0: Hmm. Oh, well, yeah. that's interesting. Huh. And, and so the two hole there were two holes kind of closer to the hill and then two holes kind of further down, uh, away from the hill. Is that what you, is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, it was, um, so like, uh, right after the first two holes that were closer to the hill, it was, um, like directly in front of the others and, uh, closer towards the, the lake.
0: And were they kind of symmetrically positioned holes? Like were they, did they, was there some sort of pattern to, to how they were positioned? Like they were, were they equidistant from one another? Uh, yeah, I would say so. So you hadn't noticed any of this earlier in the day, right?
2: It was weird uh the day before it it just i don't know if I was like just blind or something or or just missed it, uh but it definitely wasn't that day before
0: hmm, that's interesting, and you you had been camping you you had been there during that that period of time and um and there was no one else around with you, i imagine
2: yeah, we were the only ones there,
0: hmm, well that is. Pretty interesting. I, I don't have, I don't know what to make of it. Don't have an answer for you, but I'm glad you, you <clears throat> <laughs> glad you spoke with me about it today. I appreciate you speaking with me today, Babs, on Type Four Seven One. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have a good day.
0: My final guest today is Jamie Weston. Now Jamie has told me about some very interesting experiences, uh, Sasquatch related and otherwise, and uh, I'm very anxious to get into that today. Jamie Weston, welcome to Type 471. How's it going?
1: It's going. Thanks,
0: Sam. All right, good. <laughs> so uh, let's let's just start from the beginning. You told me about some experiences, and uh, maybe there are others that you haven't told. I mean, I'm sure there are others that you haven't told me about, but uh, whatever the beginning is, let's just start there, shall we?
1: The beginning of paranormal in general, or
0: yeah, actually. Uh yeah, it, it doesn't have to we don't have to start with Sasquatch, but uh beginning with whatever you think the beginning is, Bigfoot uh, or paranormal, what wh- either way.
1: When I was little, my grandma Jo used to take us up on the mountain to watch for aliens. She'd have a whole group of people that would go up there and spot the um difference between a, an aircraft and uh ufo so that was fun kind of got me into not wanting to mess with aliens at all
0: <laughs> yeah i hear you on that
1: there, there was a big group of uh locals that would go up on a weekly basis with her i don't remember exactly all their names off the top of my head but if anyone locals listening to this they'll know
0: <laughs> sure yeah yeah i i think that's been going on for quite some time i mean you know the the mountain yeah. has its reputation and has the has the experiences she, she, has she, the phenomena she, that that happen around the mountain so yeah i mean yeah it's been going she, on. she
1: started that back in the 50s oh wow a group of people would go up and look she didn't stop that until i would say ninety six when she started getting sick, she started not being able to go up on the mountain anymore. Yeah. And then uh Sasquatch that that happened when I believe I was twelve or thirteen.
0: Well well just to back up a second, uh what, what kind of uh what kind of things did you see when you went out looking for uh unusual craft on the mountain?
1: Well it was the difference between how they would because a usual aircraft doesn't stop in the sky and you know a usual air, airplane doesn't stop
0: sure yeah i've seen this myself i know what you're talking about
1: yeah and the, the different lights um the difference between the lights like the they have the blinking red or white lights on a um airplane and then some of the ufos would have multicolored lights or just one single bright light the shapes, if we could see the shapes from where we were at. It just depended on the, the moon phase that we were out there and what you could see in the sky and what you couldn't see in the sky.
0: I can appreciate what you're talking about. I've seen similar things myself. So you were about to mention uh, something when you were 12.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the experience I told you about where we were out at my my grandma Wynn's friend's house, uh, Barbara Ward and Phil Ward's house. They they had a, a bed and breakfast called the Bigfoot Ranch, and it was aptly named that. Yeah, I didn't know it was aptly you know named for that reason. But um, uh, I was walking there, belly pig, <laughs> and my grandma and Barbara were on the back porch having their their adult drinks. They usually just had one or two, and then they would drink tea and have biscuits or whatever but i was walking the pot belly pig out into the field by the apple orchard and the pot belly pig started acting weird and i looked up and like i described to you it was like an andre the giant in a gorilla suit kind of looking like a gorilla kind of suit but it wasn't a gorilla it wasn't andre the (laughs) Giant.
0: no i wouldn't think so
1: and it, it huffed It made a a growling noise at the pot-bellied pig in me, and the pot-bellied pig took off with me attached to it. And I got dragged through the apple orchard all the way to the house. Wow.
0: Which was
1: good. I mean, it was maybe like 15 feet in front of me in the Manzanita bush. And it was taller than the Manzanita bush. Off of my memory, it traumatized me a little bit because it was scary. And I just heard Barbara and my grandma start screaming because they seen it too. And uh, I just remember barbara saying they are usually not out at this time of the day so <laughs> she she'd seen them a couple times but she i guess she'd never gotten close to them like i had unfortunately done
0: <laughs> yeah that's incredible how about how far were you dragged by the pig to the house
1: uh, uh probably a good hundred or so feet
0: we well, must have gotten a little banged up
1: like I, I i was yeah i got pretty banged up i had scratches and gashes and bruises, and is is entertaining now that i think about it but back then it wasn't
0: now i'd I'd like to understand the the location of the former bigfoot ranch i know that it it doesn't it's not there anymore but uh where where is this exactly in mount shasta
1: it'd be off of north old
0: stage is it kind of near the the reservoir that dry reservoir the abrams lake uh no the uh the the place where you when you're driving down north old stage there's this area where there are a bunch of stumps in a in a dry meadow uh, that it that... oh that's
1: hammond yeah it's uh, yeah i think it's around in that area by hammond
0: ranch so yeah so it's kind of near there and um yeah. Yeah. so was it was it uh kind of back toward that uh toward that mountain range back there
1: Yeah, by the eddies. Yeah. Off the bottom of the eddies.
0: So tell me more. Tell me as much as you can about the appearance of this individual.
1: Like the appearance, he he was black. Um, he had long hair, longer, not like long long hair, but I would say like three or four inches long hair. Obviously not a human. His head was domed. He had a big furrowed eyebrows, like like a Neanderthal kind of. So like his eyes were kind of inset, and I couldn't see, I can't remember what color his eyes were.
0: So it it was his hair that was black, uh, or were were his hair and skin?
1: His, his skin, his skin, and his hair were black.
0: I know you 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 compared him to Andre the the giant, and I know he was taller than the manzanita bushes. So about how tall do you think he was?
1: Like eight or nine feet at least, because I mean the manzanita are pretty. I mean you've been out in the manzanita; they they get pretty tall.
0: Sure. Yeah,
1: and it was taller than I was when I was twelve. So,
0: and did you see how much of his body did you see?
1: I saw his upper torso, like where his his uh, biceps were, and the his shoulders and his head. Uh,
0: the the people on the farm on the ranch had experienced a lot on on the property, Sasquatch related. Do you do you know anything about their experiences?
1: Just them watching them eat apples in the evening from what i recall from barbara and phil telling me about it my grandma had never seen anything like that before so it kind of blew her mind
0: (laughs) yeah i would think so uh what time of year was this experience of yours
1: it was i believe in the fall
0: and uh what time of year do you know what time of year they would see them eating the apples
1: right around, around then when the apples were um ripe and the blackberry bushes were usually ripe around then too
0: do you know if there are still uh, apple orchards back there in that area?
1: I think so. Um, I know there's some still growing out on uh, the ostrich farm, which is across the street from the Nazarene Park and then, or from the Nazarene Church.
0: So you've had other experiences as well, like you mentioned working at the Mount Shasta a Veterans vets Bar. Club. Yeah, vets. Yeah. vets club. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that that place is haunted. <laughs> Very haunted. There's a uh, you can hear. People talking that when the bar is closed, um, people going up and down the hallway upstairs you can, one of them is a very angry spirit. Um, I don't know exactly what makes him mad, but sometimes he, he destroys the DJ booth in that area. You, you can hear him throwing stuff and like, it's a weird, uh, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but you can tell that he's angry and it makes you scared and all your hair sands on end and you you don't want to go in that room you know better to not go in that room kind of like when you you feel a predator out in the woods like a mountain lion or bears nearby yeah kind of that feeling you get from that spirit uh he pushed me he pushed me on the stairs when I was doing a store uh, a run up the stairs for supplies for the bar he pushed me on the stairs one time and I was really lucky I had a bunch of Paper towels and stuff in my arm because that's what caught me on the bottom of the stairs on the door. <laughs> wow! Like I, I felt his hand push me in on the the middle of my back, just shoved me.
0: That's awful. And uh, there, I guess there was nobody physically around.
1: No, I was just me and my boss at the time. My boss was downstairs uh doing the fishing up of the bar, and he heard me go down the stairs, and he opened the door and. I was like, "Are you all right?" And I just kind of fell out (laughs) because I'd fallen down the stairs. I'm like, "Um, hold on a minute. (laughs) I'm like, let me just lay here and catch my breath." I'm like, "No, no, I am not okay."
0: Yeah, that that is awful. Well, uh, was there is there a particular time of day or night when this tends to happen more?
1: Sometimes that's it's all day. It'll go on and off all day. There's no particular time that they are more. Than other parts of the day,
2: because
1: hmm. we've had stuff happen in the very opening time, which is uh, noon. We've had stuff happen before in there.
0: So I guess uh, it can go on just about at any time. So yeah, I'm yeah. just I'm just kind of mulling it all over here because I'm just trying to compare and contrast to other things that I'm familiar with, and huh. So okay, I'm trying to kind of solve a riddle here, a mystery.
1: That bar is burned down like five times, I believe, when Whiskey Row would burn down. Every time
0: Whiskey Row burned down, that bar burned down, and they had to rebuild it. What are the causes of these fires? Do you know?
1: No, I'm not sure. That'd be The museum would know that. There's a historical society, too, that knows all of that stuff. My cousin uh, Penny Bloodheart actually is involved with a lot of that. She She's... A, plethora of knowledge
0: <laughs> well thanks for pointing that out to me that that would be a good source of information so are mm-hmm. there any other experiences that you'd uh, you'd like to share today
1: we lived in another house it doesn't exist anymore uh, in weed and that one was really haunted too uh, we were me and my stepsister at the time were sitting on the at the the, the kitchen table you know those Chevron cars that they used to sell for uh, collectibles with the uh, weird faces on them?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking well, about.
1: We had a collection of those in a shelf, and about three of them decided to shoot off of the shelf at us while we were sitting at the table. Then we had a stack of cards that exploded. You know, someone decided to play 51 card pickup, but it was none of us that decided to do that. <laughs> that just went everywhere. And then there was a, an old lady figure that would uh, go across the downstairs of it. And she was like in, I would say like a nightgown, an old-fashioned nightgown from like the late 1800s, I would say. She she would walk across the uh, floor and look in the rooms in all the different rooms of the basement area. And I, I'd see her every couple of nights. I didn't stay down there for very long.
0: (laughs) That must have been, uh, how how did you feel about that?
1: Freaked out. Like, she didn't have, like, any bad vibes to her, but it it, it just freaked me out because I didn't know who she was. Didn't enjoy being stared at by a random see-through old lady.
0: Yeah, I can appreciate that that might might be a little unsettling for you.
1: Yeah. And my mom was... um, of native Native american heritage so she'd smudge the house with sage every once in a while and it'd stop for a while and then it would start up again and she'd have to do it again then my my stepsister also had um experiences of what she called the cowboy and he he would uh pinch her in different areas of her body randomly and she'd smell this really musky cigar old cigar smell like super strong whenever he was around and then something would happen to her and she'd scream and flip out and yeah he never bothered me i'd smell him but i, I never got pinched or anything by him that was on main street like uh on weed we weed, weed main street when you go down by the gas stations and you go under the sign and there's the um what is it called the city information center and then you see those weird little, uh, the benches, they're like art benches. And there's a gate right there that used to be down into our yard. The house got torn down. That was where our house that I'm talking about used to be.
0: I see, yeah, I know I know the spot you're talking about.
1: Uh, we used to have a couple apple trees down in there too in our yard. And uh, um, the creek used to go through it and they condemned the house. We were the last people that lived there before
0: they tore it down. Wow, yeah, it's it's a it's an old area with with a lot of stuff. It's a special place. Well, Jamie, I really appreciate you speaking with me today and sharing your experiences with me. Uh, are there any uh, final words, any parting words that you that you'd like to say?
1: No, just enjoy the area. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I will. Thank you very much. And I I appreciate the information. I appreciate you pointing me in uh, certain directions that can help out in my inquiries. So Jamie Weston, thank you so much for joining me today on Type 471.
1: Thank you, Sam. Have a good day. You too. If
0: you would like to be privy to the reckoning in consciousness that is Type 471, go immediately to your preferred podcast platform and follow the show. Rate Type 471. Give it as many or as few stars as you believe it deserves. Say your piece in the comments and share Type 471 with other people, like-minded people, people like you who can hear in my voice that I am deadly serious about delivering wondrous truths to you. So if you believe in what I'm attempting to do, make sure everybody knows just how you feel about Type 471. Finally, to share your own extraordinary experiences with me, email me at type471podcast at gmail.com. I'm Sam Kitchen. Thanks for listening to Type 471, Northern California and Southern Oregon's preferred provider of homegrown unknown. You be well, dear listener. I will speak to you next week.